Well, this is the live episode. off to a uh, quality start there. Definitely not the cue for that jingle, but here we are. Just just going to keep going, pushing ahead. God. You, you with me? Yep, I'm back on... I'm back. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, we're yeah. we alive. I'm exhausted. I have you seen One Punch Man? Uh, a bit of the first season. Yeah, I haven't actually watched it properly, but my brother was telling me about it, and mm. uh, somehow I was convinced to um, to try and replicate his workout oh routine. Oh, oh dear. Oh. And I decided to do that last night, like, even though I wanted to get up early for this. Um, yeah, I've, I've made mistakes. It's like, yeah. um, it's like a hundred push-ups, a hundred sit-ups and a hundred squats or something. Yep. Yeah. I, oof. Can you, can you kill any of your enemies in one punch now? No. And I also can't walk. So that's ah uh, yeah that that'll do it mm, yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs> uh so uh yeah apart this from a... uh, almost dying what else has been happening um a, a quite a few things this is interesting to have um have the chat this is a really different kind of experience yeah um, like the presence of uh someone uh listening to you live it's weird yeah but i think that's that's kind of part of like why we started this podcast was to like try out different things so yeah i think the idea of a live episode Yeah, you're judging our unedited speech. Yep. Uh, and unedited bottle slams. Uh, <laughs> Should you go on a tour of all the water bottle noises you're going to hear from me? Yeah. See, also all all the mouth clicks. Yeah. So you're probably going to hear uh, a lot of this. <laughs> That's my metal flask. Or... From my plastic water bottle. This uh, wasn't really the intention for this episode, but it kind of it makes me feel better because there's so many times where I'm editing and I just want to strangle you. <laughs> and now and, everyone uh, gets a little taste. 
And <laughs> if we, if we get desperate, there's this noise. Of yum yum fizz, specifically ginger beer. So, uh, I still ginger beer still sounds weird to me. Like I know it's it's like <laughs> yeah, like ginger ale. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. But beer makes me think it's like an actual alcoholic drink. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um. Anyway, before we get like too far off, uh, let's. Let's run down some of this correction section here. Mm. Um, correction section, or yeah, I, well, I was listening. I was listening back to the previous episode the other day, as um, as is good to do when you're you want to record another episode. Um, and I see, I I noticed that. Um, when you were talking about Doctor Who, yeah, and you said you wanted to watch series eleven, I, I think I got the numbers mixed up, and I thought you were, I thought series ten was the most recent one, and that series uh, eleven was the one that's coming out, and you were like, you just, I think you just didn't, uh correct me on it but you knew i was wrong so <laughs> just putting that out there um i realize now you're talking about just watching all of the jody whitaker and not uh starting with like the new season that's not out yet <laughs> yeah uh yeah um also i i love the difference in reaction between um when i was talking about those animal like mauling dreams. Yeah. Cuz the first one the first episode which that got mentioned in I basically I woke up and was like terrified and was like oh I have a bunch of adrenaline right now. Um <laughs> yeah. And as I mentioned in the previous episode I had a, another one and I woke up thinking like oh I should mention that on the podcast. <laughs> like <laughs> such a such a completely different uh reaction to essentially the same dream but i was yeah. just like oh that yeah i should mention that to wobbles <laughs> it's like uh the joke when ever a youtuber sees something happen they're like oh i can make i can make a real really clickbaity video out of this yeah oh, i should be vlogging this right now yeah like, <laughs> yeah yeah So another thing that we mentioned previously, um, but kind of swept under the rug. Mm. Um, I think it got left in the edit, though. Yeah, I think it did. Um, um, <laughs> there was a, a fire. Yes. Am I recently? <laughs> yeah. It happened in April, two months ago. Yeah, two months ago, there was a uh, big... The big F word happened. Uh, F-I-R-E. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, so the way my house is kind of laid out, you have the house, then there's like my garden, but then there's like this, at the back of the garden, there's like this car garage where we store all our cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one night at 2am we woke up, or like, 
Uh, actually, it was like one thirty in the morning. Um, we were woken up by someone banging on our door, and it was our neighbours trying to wake us up. Because we look out the back, and we realised, like, at first we just see the whole of our... Because it's like a big conjoint, like, uh, four of the houses in my, like, housing area share it. Uh, and we see in, like, uh, yeah, the guy's, like, the guy's part who's knocking on our door, it's just all ablaze. Uh, and it's like, oh... Well, oh, uh, we probably should like get out the house. Um, so I think we stayed there. Like, luckily, I don't live too far from a fire station, so they managed to get there in about nine minutes. Um, hmm. And we kind of just sat across the road of my house, just seeing the smoke coming up from the back um, for about like, like I think two hours. Uh, so we finally went back in and like just relaxed at four in the morning. Like, yikes! Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Luckily, no one was hurt, really. There were uh, investigations for like a week before. Don't don't remember what the verdict was on the uh, the police investigation, but yeah, everyone was fine, and uh, it's all cleared up now. We just need to try, <laughs> just need to rebuild a new carport. So hmm. yeah, I remember you saying it was like it could potentially be arson or something, but yeah, or like someone like flicked a cigarette bud and it went into like a gas canister, like just like. Uh, yeah, series of unfortunate events, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been well, a few weeks. I mean, actually, series of unfortunate events. Book one: the children's house burns down and their parents die. So, the not actually series of unfortunate events, but I mean, doesn't a hospital burn down on one of them? Probably. There's a lot yeah. of fire. There's a lot of fire yeah, in this book. There's books. a lot of fire. And then there's like the um, other family that they're it's weird, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, not yeah, not the actual Lemony Snicket books. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> weirdly, between this happened a while ago, but I know you didn't want to talk about it until they they had concluded their investigations. But yeah. um, <laughs> but we're in between the time when we weren't talking about it. Um, I actually had a. Uh, run in with with the the big f word as well oh boy um in that my brother was grilling something in the backyard and the coal was being really stubborn and he was like half asleep and he was just like uh this isn't lighting let me just add some fuel but the thing is he poured the fuel from the can itself Which he did, I think, a couple of times because it was like just really bad coal or something. I don't know. But um, but one of like the last time he he went to do it, it the fire leapt up into the can and he basically like ran with it over to like uh, (laughs) to try and not minimize the amount of grass that got caught on fire. Right. But, you know, that was a fun experience. I've never had... You always see in movies when, especially like if they're set in like, um, like, uh, like medieval times or something like that, where there's always like just a crowd of people with buckets running yeah. back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, now I know what that's like. <laughs> uh, um, but 
yeah, we didn't even bother to call the fire department, even though like the grass was pretty, pretty poorly. Um, yeah, that's, that's, they always advise against that. They always like, cause people think they can handle it and then they find out they can't. And by the time they <laughs> actually call the people, it's too late. Yeah. Uh, but we actually did handle it. So it was fine. You can always trust a scar family member to get rid of a small fire. Well, call today yeah. at five 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 two one zero. That's one of those things where it's like it's bad advice unless you don't do it. Like unless it, like it's really bad advice. But if it works out, then it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like you should always call them right away. Yeah. But it's fine because we didn't burn our house down. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not dead. <laughs> <sighs> Boy. So, uh, well, for the quiz, are we going to do the thing that's slightly different? Yeah. Um, I didn't really have a quiz in mind <laughs> other than the um, elusive... Uh, D&D alignment quiz that we will do someday, but it's just long and wordy, and <laughs> maybe it'll have to be a special episode. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, since we have a bit of an audience here, if anyone has questions they would want like to throw at us yeah, um, of any variety, maybe like a superlative question of some sort. Yeah, if it's a, it'd be tricky to answer. Um, we could answer some of those right now. Yeah, sure. If we wait for a... Yeah, it's going to be... Or a, 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 a free few uh, trickle in. Yeah, we can always pick them up later in, in the podcast as well. Yeah. Okay, so our first one here is from uh, AG. AG. And it's, uh, what's your favorite kind of bird... Uh, hmm. I feel like there's some some obvious like trick answers here <laughs> in that like you could say penguin or like ostrich or something weird but <laughs> yeah I don't know is this something people have favorite birds I mean I'm going to say flamingo. Because it's a flamingo. Um, yeah, I know. Flamingos are pretty pretty cool. They eat lots of shrimp. And they're cool boys. I, see, the thing with favorites is I, I tend to, like, take it way too seriously and, and sit there for, like, hours making charts of, like, every bird <laughs> and, like, Running them against each other in tournaments and stuff. Phylum. But off the top of my head right now, I don't know. I might go with like, uh, like a raven or something, or just a crow. Yeah, actually, just a crow. Okay, <laughs> just a crow. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> hmm. Crow is a normie bird, but that's part of part of the charm of it, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I'm a I'm a normie kind of 
kind of guy. I'm a normie bird kind of guy. What's your favorite number? Uh, 42. Um, and favorite number. If you just stick around for Mabubuka, uh, I think that would all be very clear. Do you have a favorite number? Oh, yeah. Uh, hmm. Maybe 18, because it can be divided by so many nice numbers, like 2, or 6, or 3, or 9. Uh, uh, it's 4.5. <laughs> you know, I like, I like numbers that are, like, quite nicely divided, or... No. I do like 12 a lot. Oh, yeah, 12 is another one. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I like 12 a lot for yeah. that reason. Um, and I actually like the idea of like a uh, base 12 number system. Oh, yeah. But that's about, that's not a, that's not a question. That's a, <laughs> that's, oh, this is a, the uh, reenactment of your your fire situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he? I was gonna say that's not a question. That's a fire truck. But now I see um, <laughs> little doggo wobbles there. Man, this is. Do you think this this is worth the the art award thing? Oh, this is absolutely worth the art award. Let me just mm. <laughs> just get, give him a turn. There we go. There we go. That's one boat. If uh, I guess since you've mentioned it, or we just cut that out completely. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? There's no editing here. This is live. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Right, I see. Um, so might scroll up a bit. Uh. Hmm. There's one that's like it's not a superlative, and it's from uh on the Discord server, the Ugly Heckling, but more commonly known as Kilua Dev, and it's uh, what do you eat for breakfast? Um, I think that's bold of you to assume I eat the same thing for breakfast, or even eat breakfast every day? Yeah, uh, I'm very not good at breakfast. I think I, I'll have it weekends, but I don't know. Weekdays, I'm too busy getting ready for stuff, and I don't exactly eat non-foods uh, in the mornings, really. Um, yeah, I... If there's one thing... You should have learned about me by now. It's that I'm horrifically inconsistent in all aspects of my life. Thanks. So, um, but uh, this morning I had a bagel. So there you what go. I have this Hope you enjoy that information. I had, a, I had a muffin and a chocolate brioche. So, uh... Oh boy. Favorite sport. Um probably he's, soccer. I think he's put they've put sport in inverted commas. Uh <laughs> inverted commas. Those are called quotation marks. 
Uh, same difference. So, uh, yeah, Brownie Emotion has asked for our favorite sport. Oh, yeah. So I think I saw it before it was edited, and it was, what's your favorite alternative sport? So. Oh, um, that's why it's in quotation marks. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a tough one. Maybe, like, rounders. Yeah, well, I feel like it depends on how you define alternative sport. Yeah. Like... Um, actually maybe ultimate frisbee actually like would magic the gathering count because like there is a pro league for that i know it's like like, chess and probably my favorite like chess and like esports no well people gotta just sports esports i feel like would be a different question because you'd have to say esport but yeah um but like poker is um that's a that's a recognized sport yeah that's a recognized sport, and that's a card game. So, so it's darts, which I think is. So, uh, I think yeah, I, I would say um, my favorite sport. N- uh, n- well, technically, Magic Arena, um, could it would be an esport. So, yeah, I think it could be qualified as as either one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I I definitely say I think. Probably ultimate frisbee, yeah. If out of, I can't really think of um, alternate sports in my head. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the thing. If I had a list of them, I could I probably can, tell you a favorite. Yeah. I can think of like two, which is like ultimate frisbee and like rounders, which is a mixture um, of baseball and cricket. Ping pong is kind of fun. I don't know if that would count for this. Uh, no, table, <laughs> I think table tennis is a sports. I know ping pong is different though because it's no, that's that's the same. I think. Well, as far as I know. Well, that's yeah, no, when me, and my, uh, when me and my friends say, oh, let's play ping pong, it's pretty much like we're doing a rally, but you have to bounce it on both sides of the table instead of normal table tennis. Uh, where you... Yeah, it is, yeah. A, it is a sport. I mean, yeah. they play it at the Olympics, so there's yeah. a, <laughs> that makes it a sport. But yeah. Um, um, cool. Anything can be a real sport if you think hard enough. Uh, yeah, and I guess. On, congrats on the level up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's scroll off of it. Cause... Hmm. Well, should we should we move on from question time, or are there are uh... there some more? I don't know. See if see if another. Bag. Oh, hold on. Best bagel: poppy seed, sesame seed, cinnamon, or plain. Oh. Uh, between those choices, uh, cinnamon definitely. Probably poppy seed because bagels are savory, and if you're going to have a cinnamon cinnamon bagel, you may as well have a donut. You're a donut. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have noticed a weird thing in my brain that. Um, I I feel like cinnamon bagels are much better in the winter, right? Because it's like it feels like a warmer food. I don't know how to like how to explain that food? otherwise. I guess, or just like the flavor palette seems like it would go well with with like a warm drink, right? Right. I see. Um. So if it's like like. Uh, 90 degrees out like it is 
right now in the summer. Mm. Um, that's freedom unit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not assuming you guys are does she boil no. as soon as she's like literally outside. just boiling, <laughs> just melting away? It's a wisp of air. Um, yeah. It. I. I would. I think if it's if it's hot out, I would prefer like plain or like blueberry or something like mm. that feels lighter. I don't know if that's like if that makes sense to other people, but it makes sense in my brain, and it's something I've I've realized recently. Like. I think it's just something about cinnamon feels like it's warm and I don't want it if it's already warm. Um, which one of this programs would you watch in these? We're all running on TV. What? Okay. So basically if I'm flipping through channels and there's a bunch of sports and then a bunch of TV shows, um, Mm. I mean, Doctor Who, between these choices? I mean, The Simpsons, that's a pretty epic XD. Well, if it's the older Simpsons, I know, the, I, I know, I don't mind The Simpsons, but uh, the newer ones, but the old ones were, those were definitely the the golden age of, the, or the yellow age of The Simpsons. I would watch Doctor Who... Or the random anime, depending on if it looked interesting. <laughs> or tennis or soccer. One of oh, yes. those. Well, those would be my uh, top four guess, out of this list. Yeah. Uh, I guess sport, I would do football. Uh, pool. I know, I'm more of a snooker man myself, but I guess pool would be interesting. It's quite a, a fun sport. Casually screenshots your list for show notes. <laughs> yeah, boy, we should have done. We should have cashed in on the tier list fad. It's it's never too late to uh, cash in on a, on a dead <laughs> meme. Yep, <laughs> I guess so. Um. So is that so? <laughs> I guess moving away from question endless time. question time. I oh, know you might come back to it like at the end as we're closing out. I mean, if you throw random questions and we see it in the chat, it's like hard to resist, honestly. The somewhat um, interesting. <laughs> but I, I know a lot of people were curious about uh, a new bot, which uh, may or may not have joined the server recently. Yeah, that um, yeah. is being very stealthy, and clearly no one, um, no one can see it. Nope, no one, not no one <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, no, not Craig. Uh, Craig's our friend who's recording this. Um, yeah, for room. He's a good bot boy. Yeah, um, no, there's there's another bot, <laughs> which. It's understandable, though, Ag, that you can't see him because um, we've made him so... He's, so. he's so hidden. He's so hidden. I mean, <laughs> yes, he's he's this the snacky Patreon bot that slipped in. Um, so I don't know. 
how many of you listeners would be aware of this, especially anyone listening to this in the future probably has no idea. Uh, but just a little while ago, Patreon, um, which is a very helpful service for like crowdfunding projects such as podcasts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, they have changed their, their, their um, policies and particularly yeah. the way they, they do their rates. <clears throat> and um, they made it very clear that anyone who had launched their Patreon before a certain date would be grandfathered in under the old rules. Yeah. And and anyone making one going forward would be subject to their new tier system thing. Yeah. Which says to it says to me like it's not gonna be good for the the creators. Yeah. If they're gonna have to change it for the old old boys. Yeah, because if it was, if the new system was objectively better than the old system, then you would change it for everyone. (laughs) They would change it for everyone. Like you wouldn't have like the old users complaining, yeah, like that they want to be on their old system. So, um, I think they've released information on it. I'm sure you can look it up. Yeah, Um, I don't have the the exact details in front of me, but it's. It's to do with um, the 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 cut which Patreon will take because they they get I think five percent cut generally in the past oh, yeah. and now it's they will take a different percentage uh, based on different factors and yeah anyway we we. Um, wanted to make sure we got in before the change. So that's why there was a random unannounced uh, sneaky Patreon bot hanging out. Yep, 100% invisible snack. Um, technically, it is up, uh, and we will be adding some uh, bonus content on there shortly. Yeah, it might be. Might you stop pushing it, maybe. <laughs> um, but... That's that's the situation with that. Um, yeah. Situation. I think also on the new system, they won't let you have multiple tiers unless you reach a certain um, uh, like milestone. I yeah. believe, if I remember from when I was reading into it, yeah, which is kind of lame because like. That's a nice thing about Patreon is that you can have different tiers with different rewards. And yeah. Forcing it's, you to only have one tier um, is... A bit, bit like how uh, yeah, YouTube also has run like the watch time and subscriber thing before you can do more stuff. Right. Like cash money and... Yeah. I, I wish <clears throat> YouTube had done the same thing that Patreon is doing where basically if you already have ads running on your channel then they will let you continue to run them yeah but if if you create a new channel 
then they're subject to the new rules. Yeah. Um, but I think with the uh, YouTube adpocalypse and whatnot, uh, they they figured they would just play it safe and make everyone subject to the new rules. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh... But YouTube's also le- much less concerned about people leaving them than Patreon. Patreon, uh, I think... It is ripe for some competitor to come along and steal all their people. Yeah, well, that was suppable for a while, but then they merged. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, YouTube doesn't exactly have a competitor. There's like Vimeo, and but yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, and there was um. People are saying Vessel? YouTube needs. Yeah. Which was like gonna be a competitor. And it looked a little bit promising, and then it got bought by Verizon and shut down because Verizon wanted to launch their own thing. <laughs> and then yeah. they launched their own thing, and it sucked, and it got shut down like almost immediately after launching. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay, cool, Verizon. So you ate up the potential competition so that you could support your own service, and then you did a terrible job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like... So- <laughs> this is this is not the best thing that could have occurred. Yeah, definitely not. Um, um, it's basically like your Verizon was like assisting Google in in maintaining their monopoly, but like unintentionally. Yeah, and it's, it's not going to be like if YouTube. Like people have been saying how YouTube should have competition, but but it's like uh, YouTube is. Like it's it's a it's been built up for the past like what fifteen years now, and not like there's not going to be just a new website that's just going to plop out of existence and everyone's going to flock to and yeah. cripple Google. It's 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 gone to a point where yeah, like yeah, I think the thing like half of the internet has used Google, uh, YouTube at least once. Right. The thing with like with the internet and companies like this. And like, you hear about it a lot with Facebook as well, where it really, the, because of the nature of like social media and stuff, it really benefits them to be monopolies. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want a platform where like Facebook, where you can like be friends with people and like find other people that, you know, in real life, like you want everyone to be on the same platform. You don't want to have to like search eight different platforms to see if like someone, you know, from high school is which one of them they're on Mm. and then like have to switch between them every time you want to talk to different groups of people. Like it's, it's much easier if, if it is a monopoly, but it just kind of sucks for um, like all the benefits that come along with friendly competition. Mm. Um, uh, I guess that's kind of happened with uh, Steam, where uh, yeah, there's uh, what like Epic. I think we talked about it in this last episode, so I'll, so I'm really going to it. But yeah, like how there's Epic and um, um, you play, Discord, you play. Yeah, um, no, this is good. I kind of wanted to talk about this again because mm. I was thinking about it and like I don't really. Um, I don't really like the idea of having 
all these different launchers for different like selections of games like yeah from a purely consumer standpoint it's so much easier to just launch steam and have access to yeah all of your games including like rocket league or whatever golf um or uh borderlands 3 right but you um you can see the similar thing happening with um with streaming services as well. Yeah. Um, like Disney is pulling a lot of their stuff off Netflix. Yeah, cuz they're trying to So they it. can launch their own Disney service. Well, yeah, it's like Disney uh called its name. Uh but yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, that was it. And then there's also there's Hulu that's been around for a while. Yeah, but Hulu is another sort of like collective one, kind of like yeah, Netflix, yeah. where or it's like it's got a lot of different stuff. But there's like um, Amazon Prime. There's a, C- there's a CBS one. There's HBO. Oh, HBO. I think yeah, that's that was one. Uh, I was just um, saying. Um, I guess Amazon I, Prime is somewhat like a competitor, but that's that's again that's a little bit like it's trying to be a b- big collection of things, and that's yeah. I would much prefer that. I would yeah, rather I think, like, yeah. I think I would rather have Amazon Prime have all of the shows from like Disney and CBS and HBO. Mm, I think they do. It's just like, yeah, uh, it's like a you pay with it with your Amazon Prime subscription, but you also have to pay for the individual show. Or... Uh, well, no, that's like that's like Amazon has a weird. Uh, situation because it's trying to be like in competition with everything but yeah pretty much it's basically some stuff comes with your subscription and that's their equivalent to like netflix yeah. but then you can also buy stuff um and watch it in the same service yeah which and is that's more of their equivalent to like itunes yeah but that's just that's purchasing shows and that's that's yeah. different you do but get that's a good prime but that's kind of a good example because, like, if you want to purchase something, you can buy it through iTunes or you can buy it through Amazon. But the money ultimately is gonna, um, for the most part, go back to whoever's content it is. Like, yeah. if it's if you buy Game of Thrones through Amazon, then HBO is getting the money. Yeah, that's how they're able to have loads of stuff because it's not like Netflix where they're not really giving much money to the well they i guess they they buy the shows but like they're not not every like individual subscription is being divided up to every provider of shows but Amazon, yeah <clears throat> it's just a i guess like a uh i guess like a interface to buy into um yeah to buy stuff off other sp- i guess it's like a like a collective shop i guess so instead of going to like uh, Disney Plus and buying a subscription and so on. Yeah, it's just you just pay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's much it's much like Steam in that way. Yeah. It's like it's like Valve is not creating all of these games on Steam. No, they're probably not going to be. Games. They will, they will like give money to the people who are developing it and just take a small cut because profit. Um, and take like a, a cut, but that's the thing is like I. I don't know if their cut is too big or if the the other developers that are getting greedy and they they just want more or what but it's it seems like it's 
objectively worse from a consumer standpoint to have have to install like five different stores to play all your games yeah. rather than have one store where it's all collected. What well, what I do and like it, is Steam has this feature on the library where you can just drag a game file and it will store the game on uh, Steam, so you can access Steam from uh, like games from other uh, from right. Others. So I've yeah. done that with I think Overwatch and Minecraft. So if I want to do either of those, I can yeah, that's very similar to like how I use iTunes. Like I don't like literally buy all of my music through iTunes, but right. I, I will like drag music files onto iTunes, and it will just register them as like being in in my library or whatever. It's like yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can do that, but having required like dedicated launchers like Epic and stuff, it's just, mm. it's just annoying. Yeah. It's like if all you play is Fortnite or whatever it is, you know, then that's, then it doesn't bother you, but it's. Yeah. Or if, if you, you play on console. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you play on console and it's like, yeah, then you don't even notice this, this sort of thing, but. Yeah, it's weird. It's um I'd much rather like just go to one place and then type in the game that I want to play and then play it in the same way like I'd rather go to one video service and find the video that I want. Yeah. And it's like and then that that directory should then be sharing the wealth with the people who created that video or that game. Yeah. Like I think they shouldn't have to create their own like small services that are worse mm. versions of the bigger competitor. Yeah. Just to to um make decent money. Yeah. I think what probably should happen then is that it's it's a a, a company that's like a, a like for in the case of like Steam, it should be a company that like a company that doesn't already develop games, so there's no bias. Because Blizzard is keeping all their stuff on their launcher because it's their launcher and they don't want Steam to get any of their money, uh, like Valve to get any of their money, uh, and so on. But if there was just a third party who wasn't already making, uh, like developing games, then there wouldn't be exactly a bias. So like, oh, I'm giving money so my game is more publicized instead of them hiding it away because they don't want people, uh, they don't want to like directly fund their competition. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess maybe what I want is just some like, yeah, like some independent like uh, open source. Maybe like Mozilla or someone could could write this, but just some pro- program I can open, which will then list all of my games on all of the different platforms. Yeah. And when I click on one to play it, it will then in the background launch the launcher and launch the game from the launcher. Yeah, and I can cool. just pretend. I can just pretend that that it's all in one. Or uh, it's, it's called GeForce Now. I'm I mean, not sure GeForce Now is uh, is ready, but maybe, maybe one day. Yeah. Uh, or I guess, like as well, you could type it into the search bar and you could buy any game instead of having to. Uh, yeah. Instead of having to go to each individual launcher to buy it, because that's quite yeah. Annoying. Like, can you buy games through GeForce? I don't think you can. No, you can. Only, uh, yeah, yeah. Cloud gaming is uh, 
that would also be helpful because the other thing is if you have every launcher in one like packaged into one launcher i can't imagine what the file size would be yeah that was that um would be a big big thing there's the google gaming system which is a bit like uh like similar to geforce now or the was there's a couple other companies doing something similar where they'll just have a bunch of computers and then you have this box uh, and you just Google a game, <laughs> buy it, and you can play it. It's gonna, it would be like a console. Yeah, it's essentially like a PC console. Uh, so, yeah. Of course, yeah, true. You can, uh, there is a Discord launcher. Um, I've, I use that a couple of times. Mm. I do use that sometimes when I'm. Can you like launch stuff that's like so, on you play? Yeah, Discord so I, I will have Steam closed on my computer. I will go to my library. I'll click a game, and then Steam will boot up in the background as uh, the game starts. So yeah, I think... Uh... Well, I mean, that see, that does sound like what I want. And they do um, have a shop now, so you can buy stuff. Yeah, but the shop, I don't think... I think you're just buying stuff through Discord, aren't you? I don't think you can... It's not funding. Like, can you buy? Um, Where is the store? Activity launcher fields. You still need to have all the launchers installed. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I would love if there was some. If there was some way to um, buy the games on Steam, but buy them through discord and never have to like open steam and worry about it yeah yeah and also if all the launchers were like packaged into discord somehow <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course that'd be but great it seems like an easier way to do this would be to have one launcher and to just um have it fairly distribute the wealth in a way that everyone's happy with but and steam so- used to seem like that was the case but um, there's very much uh, disappointment from other other developers yeah. that are not fans of Steam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. I feel like someone asked an interesting question ages ago. Um, that was so a couple interesting ones, but... Uh, oh, I was going to... Yeah, I was just going to answer someone's question about uh, Hulu, which is uh, Hulu was established as one-third ABC, one-third NBC, and one-third um, Fox. Right, and mean... NBC is owned by AT&T, I believe. Um, yeah. And ABC is owned by Disney. And so is Fox now. And Fox was just owned by Fox, but then Disney bought Fox, so now they have two thirds. Then, yeah, now they have two thirds, and I don't know if this has gone through yet, but I heard they were in talks with just buying out the remaining third. So, mm-hmm. which is weird to do at the same time that you're also launching Disney Plus. So it's like they're going to have simultaneously Hulu and Disney Plus. Um, I mean. They're a company that can legally build a nuclear reactor in their parks. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't think... Is that how they power their parks? No, um, well, because they're 
when they originally built them, they uh, uh, well, uh, like intended them to be like mini cities, pretty much. Oh right. So they do have they have if they got planning permission, they could if they, well they can get planning permission from themselves. That's how they're able to build the rides. But they could actually build a nuclear reactor if they if they wanted to. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, they probably they definitely have enough funding. Yeah, Disney's a, a big scary as far as companies. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I'm guessing it's definitely in the. What's the it's the something five hundred? Comcast, yes. Sorry, um, and NBC. NBC is uh, is owned by Comcast. AT and T is the one that owns uh, Warner Media, which would be um, Warner Brothers, HBO, uh, DC Comics. Mm. Uh, thanks for the correction. So it doesn't have to go in the next episode's correction section. Yeah. Anyway, we got way off the show notes, but that's okay. That's kind of yeah. how the show goes. Um, um, so, uh, in summary, capitalism. Good summary. <laughs> so, um, hmm. what should we do next? We have such a broad variety of things. Um, let's just go just run it through in order. Sure. Uh, so, Although, uh, here, let me skip ahead and say, um, mm. I just started watching um, Good Omens recently. Uh, no, it's, it's a show, a, not just you were doing good things. Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see like a a dove fly overhead or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a Amazon Prime show. It's got. David Tennant and a lot, a bunch of other lovely people. Um, I two things that drew me to the show are um, the actors and also the writing, the writers. Yeah, it's um, it's a what, Neil Gaiman and I think um, Terry Pratchett was involved mm-hmm. in some way. But yeah, it's it's I'm about halfway through it. It's just yeah. a mini series, but it's. It's uh, pretty good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. Cool, cool. I don't know if you have um, access to watch that or something, but if you did watch it, we could talk about it. Yeah, sure. Otherwise, I'm just going to give it a quick recommendation. Good omens. Nice show. Uh, Oh, yeah, there's another thing. Um, Let's move away from that. So, um... Hmm. Uh, So, yeah. So I've been doing this whole school thing for about 12 years now. I guess proper proper school, 10, 11 years now. But um, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> so I've been, but uh, yeah, I've finally hit another milestone in the great English education system. This is mm-hmm. definitely not flawed at all. Uh, and now I'm doing my I'm doing my GCSEs, or to put it fancily, uh, General Certificate of Secondary Education. <laughs> G- oh, is that what GCSE stands for? Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. It's pretty much saying yeah, you can do this ish kind of well for A levels. 
So um, that'll be um. So, are there yeah. any other lettered levels? Um, like, are there B levels? There's so actually G- uh, GCSEs used to be called O levels, but then they have so first year of sixth form you do your AS levels, which are like I guess like your mocks. Um, and then you do your A levels. I think there's assigning a new one, which is like S levels, and that's like if you don't have anything to do academically, they'll just like teach you how to be like a construction worker or a plumber or something like that, where it's like you're not yeah, like even though you're not too academically gifted, you can just do something if you want. Um, mm. So it's teaching them like basic skills for decent jobs, which is <laughs> something that's in quite high demand at the moment. Yeah, with, uh, the amount of houses that need to be constructed in the next decade or so. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, it's surprising how many um, like jobs that are kind of looked down on as like oh manual labor whatever but they're actually like fairly challenging to automate compared to to some jobs that it's like are seen as like more prestigious like oh you have to go to school and learn how to do this thing and then it's like a computer is just going to do it and you'll be out of a job in like five years yeah i like uh did you see the uh what's his name uh Marcus Marquis Brownlee, uh how when he did an interview with Elon Musk. Uh I don't think so, but um uh, they were just about? talking about um just Tesla and just having it well the stuff you talk about with Elon Musk if you got the chance. Uh and he sure. was saying what's so how much of the factories are automated and it's like actually quite uh quite a bit, but there's still a few jobs that do need to still have uh yeah, be like uh, manned. So I think there's one we like part of the combo. We have to connect these two pipes together, and the way they kind of drop down and dangle, only a, like a person with enough like dexterity can actually grab them and like tighten them together. Because they tried it with robots, and the robot would grab one, grab the other, let go of the other, try to move them together, and just like start flop. But humans have like yeah. a physical context of the world and know how to. Um, if it, he gave that as an example, but yeah, that. That yeah. sort of situation, I feel like, could be handled soon enough. Like, yeah. it's may- maybe more efficient to just have a human do it now. But in a factory context, you could still, you could imagine uh, getting a robot to do that. But yeah, I I think any kind of job that requires someone to go like into your home and fix something, like a plumber or something, yeah, is like you're not gonna have a robot go into um be be like intelligent enough to go into someone's home that looks nothing like the other person's home yeah and well like it, go fix a pipe without i mean i think i guess by the time we'd have robots that complex we would have perfect plumbing that never get damaged yeah or just <laughs> like yeah they would just be like oh, almost like human-like intelligence yeah. at that point and that, that's like what I think someone, if you measure like the storage of a human brain, it's like 2.5 pentabytes. Yeah. Uh, but anything in, in like a factory scenario. Data processing. Hmm. 
is there's much less um random yeah things like you don't have to worry about it just like randomly tripping over people's junk <laughs> yeah but um hmm. or having like something built in a way that's not consistent with the, the way other things are built like yeah like a skyscraper's complying with sight lines in london showing you <laughs> stuff like the cheese grater and yeah um have you been to the hot dog recently no actually not in a while um <laughs> but uh it's definitely still one of my favorite places in the whole of the london place mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna have to make the great pilgrimage uh someday I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> it's a, it's quite a like a up-class restaurant so it so it cost a pretty penny, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So well. I guess travel, staying, expenses, and then... Actually, I think you have to book it a few months in advance, but I think sometimes if it's empty, you can just go up there and get a coffee or... I mean, the, bar. the... Like, the restaurant would be, like, just bonus points at that point. <laughs> uh, I mean... Well, you can't get past Standing out the, the building. You can't get past the front desk unless you um, have a reason to being there. <laughs> Just so touching, awesome. just touching the outside of the building, I think would be enough for me. Oh yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, what is that strange man doing outside our building? Is he just like caressing the glass? Yeah, Shuler, you want to come or <laughs> take a field trip? Uh, MVP <laughs> field trip. But yeah. Um, Uh, all right. Next topic. So, um, this past week, as far as it's been tricky to record this episode, uh, well, not record, live this episode, is because um, uh, I've been away in uh, a nice village in Cornwall, uh, for my half time, my half term break or midterm, whatever you guys call it, um, <clears throat> but pretty much. Uh, the town is famous for filming uh, a show called uh, Doc Martin, which is about this, uh, like mm. this top-class London surgeon who has to move to the small town, ta- uh, small small surgery because he develops like a fear of blood, and he goes there for therapy. I think, like, just an escape. I've uh, watched part of that <clears throat> show with no context because, uh, um. Like a friend's mom was watching it while I was at their house, and then oh, I, I see. basically just sat down and watched it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a weird show to watch with no context, but uh, I went to the that backstory went... was helpful. Now it, it all makes a little more sense. Yeah, and the doctor's slightly like uh, slightly autistic, I think, because he was or and also was abused as a child. It's, it's like it, it it unfolds the more you watch. Um, about why the doctor's quite antisocial and how grumpy he is constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I went there, but they were filming this last season? Because um, they will film every other year there. So the past three years, uh, first year I went, they were filming. Next year, like last year, they weren't, and this year they were filming again. But it's just interesting... Like there's all these people crowd around, like the blind spots of the camera, <laughs> watch the filming. 
that's um but it's interesting just seeing this town like there was a car park not far from all the sets and it was just filled with vans and uh uh like filmy equipment and um they converted like a small garage um into like a a like a stool set thing um but yeah it was just interesting seeing like live the process of filming um a like tv show it's like those behind the scene videos but no editing mm-hmm. <laughs> so most of it was like standing around as they're changing a lens and adjusting lighting or yeah yeah that stuff's always cool to see um... one of the scenes they were doing involved the dogs so they're trying to get the dog to run the white way and get, respond to this command but not the other and it was quite that was quite <laughs> funny to watch um but it was kind of interesting as uh one of the things i kind of want to do later on in life is uh i guess make short films or sketch type things so it was quite mm-hmm. a nice little insight and i just pc don't fall asleep now um but there was a lot of dollies surprisingly for a shot that was quite static uh it, it was cool seeing like the stuff they use for uh shows i kind of uh, i kind of watch and enjoy but um so whenever I see like a panning shot on that show, it's like, oh, I I remember how they did that in the uh, when I went to go see them record it live. Yeah. Or well, the thing is with the setup, you wanna you wanna maximize your time with the talent. So, uh, yeah. if you're gonna need a dolly for one shot, even if all the other shots are like mostly static. Yeah. Uh, you still want want to get it all like hooked up yeah. and like set up on the dolly before you start actually filming. Cause... Yeah, they did. They did. Um, it was a bit weird because they were doing it in, I guess, order of uh, easiest to set up shots. So it it wasn't making much uh, like chronological sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you don't want to like you don't want to get some yeah. famous actor out there have them do a line and then be like, okay, could you hang on for like, you know, 20 minutes while we mess around with lighting and change the camera. It's like, no, you, you want to streamline it as much as possible. Funnily enough, I, um, the main, uh, the main actor, Martin Clunes, who is like, kind of like the face of the show. Um, (laughs) it was actually what the part we saw, um, we did see, there was a part where they filmed outside, um, the house, which, uh, like the like the surgery, which is just a house, um, they rent out whilst filming. Actually, it's funny because of how because like the place they film is actually just a holiday home because it sometimes gets changed. They have this farm, like a couple miles from the actual village, where they have all the sets from the interiors and all the vehicles they use. Like, there's this uh, police car, uh, defender, like that. Uh, like Ranger, uh, Land Rover Defender, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a few like cars that are specific to the show that they need. Um, yeah, so they mainly do all the filming over there, but sometimes they'll record something in the middle of the, in the heart of the village. That's quite interesting. Walking by occasionally. Um, yeah, something else that was filmed there though as well was um, this movie called Fisherman's Friends. Um, and they're a real like they do sea shanty stuff, 
um and they're a real band but um they had a movie made about them because they're kind of like a underdog story i guess because they were just these six guys who went out and sung at their local pub every friday night and then some like musical producer happened to come into the village that one time uh one time and heard them and gave them a record deal and yeah nice um, yeah that's they, like every like local band's dream yeah. and they so, did uh that would make a good movie but yeah they did a live performance uh like on the beach whilst we were there um like the last evening so we went and sat there and listened to uh Wobbles uh, Village, yeah, that's. Oh um... no, no, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not the. It's not the village I live in. It. It's a village somewhere in uh, Cornwall. I think it's. In the show, it's, it's called, called Wobbles. But yeah, it's called Wobbles. Um, <laughs> in the show, it's called Port Wen, but its actual name is Port Isaac. It's funny because there's so much stuff in the show that says Port Wen. You never realize how much like small details. Uh, in the background, have to be changed to sit. Like there would be like a dance saying, "Ooh, come to the Port Wen School." You're like, "Oh, that that doesn't exist. That was yeah. Someone was paid to do that in two minutes." <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a show that's like, um, partially filmed in like the town I grew up in, oh, and but yeah, in the show they call a, a different. They call like the town a different name. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, there's, I, uh, I definitely have seen them like have to change some signs downtown yeah. to like make it make sense. That's cool. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, you're kind of like in that fictional world for a small bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's it's interesting. I think that show got canceled though, oh, so oof. probably won't see like, them cool, there anymore. Cool, lovely. Was the show good? Did you ever watch it? If not, I should sometime. Oof. Fair enough. Um. <coughs> that was that was a static noise. <laughs> so um, as if you were in the live chat earlier when we forgot to leave, uh, yeah, I've started editing a couple of the MBBCs or. Well, most well, most of them now, but um, I've noticed something weird, and it's to do with like your like your accent. So, I think a good example is when I'm spending ages cutting out ums, and my ums are more round, and your like rigid, rigid ums. Yeah. So your voice, like, because uh, sometimes I'll make uh this like noise because it makes a funny wave but i've noticed that in your speech so like you have this like underlying like mm-hmm. crickety no- no, crick- i don't know like yeah like <laughs> that type of noise in like the like it's really subtle but looking at like sound waves i kind of notice it. it's like oh that's cool I- i'm not i'm not sure i follow like the um uh, i guess like the um I guess is it raspiness? Maybe. Are you saying like my when when I say um my sound wave ends more abruptly and yours like drags on? Yeah. Um it's like... like also in speech. I like if 
it feels like it's hard to say with like showing it. it's really like tricky like but yeah your voice seems to be more like makes a more jagged waveform like oh that's weird and it's um whereas mine is like slightly more like curved off i guess so yours ends a bit more abruptly then yeah. i'm like all sawtooth uh yeah sound waves and you're you're just a nice flowing <laughs> sine wave yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you're blowing my robotic cover. <laughs> yeah, but uh, your analog, I'm digital. <laughs> yeah. So that was just the thing I noticed. Um, that is interesting. Yeah, I. I mean, I I can definitely like recognize some some sound waves from just from editing the show, but oh yeah, I haven't I've... paid too much attention to that specifically. Yeah, I've noticed different. I can do arms now. <laughs> I can just like look you, you can kind of spot them. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they'll sneak in, but it's because like someone will say a word, but then go like "hi." Um, so it joins up. So I have to do, like if I want to fix it, I have to do like sat like I have to zoom in, <laughs> do some like yeah. surgery, and listen to the same. I will look when I'm editing. I will occasionally like slice a word in half and like combine it with a previous. Or with like a future version of that word, like you said something and you messed up and you said the same thing again. Oh yeah. You forgot, but you forgot to say the first half of it, and so yeah. like I'll just slice bits together um, from time to time. Yeah, but and sometimes don't we? Uh, like if we so sometimes we say stuff at the same time. If uh, we but like we do like a split draggy room. Oh room yeah, room. yeah. It's uh, that's a that's a that's a. Favorite. Yeah, when we talk over each other really bad, um, the podcast could actually come out longer than the time it took to record it. <laughs> because instead of just muting one person, yeah, uh, sometimes you it's better to have a say both things. So it's you just have to cut it and like. Yeah. Well, if they're both valid, have one person talk and then have the other person talk. Yeah, it's like if they're both valid. Because if someone, uh, if we're saying the exact same thing just differently, I'll cut out one of us yeah so say like yeah. i was talking and then like you cut in and we bring up a similar point at the same time i think how do i normally do it it's kind of random but i guess it's the context of the conversation so if it's like if you brought it up first then i'll mute myself but if i brought it up first i'll mute you mm-hmm. <laughs> just so it yeah makes some form of sense or if i just am saying something stupid or just like or like you're just saying um at the same time I'm saying something I just we've had, I, I've noticed a couple of times actually already we've said yeah at the same time <laughs> when when ending ending a point yeah <laughs> so, yeah I noticed that as well like sync the audio tracks up and then sometimes we will both say um or both say yeah at the same time <laughs> yeah it's it like there's an awkward silence and we both know there's like. Oh, there's you leave like one and a half seconds, and then you say yeah, yeah, and it's like we we hit it at the same time. Well, there's the uh, the habit I developed was the no but yeah thing. But here's the thing: I would do it. What will normally happen is I'll do it twice, and then I'll realize I'm doing it, and then I get my brain gets broken, so I'll just keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why wasn't like yeah, one episode you pointed it out where it was just like a good 30 seconds of me yeah. 
going insane slowly in my own brain. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> This is this has gone into a um a weird meta talk about editing, <laughs> yeah, but it is. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta leave in a tactical um though. Like Yeah. You know, it just sounds uh <laughs> it sounds better with like the flow, natural flow of the sentence. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if I was editing this live one there would be lots of ums to cut. But Yeah, uh definitely. <laughs> maybe maybe we should do like speech therapy before doing a live episode or something. <laughs> Try. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. AG, you say I don't sound like this when I'm not recording. What do you mean? Like I don't. Um... Oh. I guess we'll never know because they left. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So he's probably having internet troubles. I guess. I think. What was it? Oh, I remember when we first started the show, I would I would put on like a podcasty explainy voice and I remember we were just talking about something and I remember I was using my big boy podcasty words and I was like, hang on, no, this is a casual conversation, we'll have to stop it. <laughs> yeah. That's and I th- I think that still is the case a little bit. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this in a I previous think- episode, but it, it's like the first fifteen minutes are just like awkward, like you're you're like trying to present or you're you're not sure how to words yeah and then and then you get to the point where you're like oh this is this is like a normal conversation mm-hmm. i think that's um that's pretty yeah. consistent but then by the end they kind of just get lazy <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah S- speaking of uh video games well, it's seamless. <laughs> Shall we move on? Sure. Let's hit up the next segment. And what have you been playing lately? Um. So while I've been away, I've I, before I realized this, the place I went to had internet. The I've been playing all of. Just, oh, it's, it's such a good game. Uh, it's <laughs> it's called uh, Katana Zero on my Switch, and oh, it's just. It's so I'll, I'll explain. It's like a, it's like a you know the game like Hotline Miami. No, oh, it's it's uh so right. <laughs> so <laughs> Hotline Miami is this top-down shooter thing um, where you just have to wipe out a building of enemies, and you have stuff like you can throw weapons in certain ways, or kick doors, or throw objects, and stuff like that. Okay. Um so imagine like a game like that, but it's a side scroller. Uh ah, you have a katana and uh you have time travel powers. Yeah, I looked I did a Google image search here. It's like very like neon. Yeah, it's quite it's retro. Uh yeah. and it's got it's got a great uh like I mean yeah, it's got a it's a got a surprisingly well done story. I uh, yeah, I quite like the story of the game, but I've never had so much fun in a game like because sometimes you would get stuck on a part of a level, but because you've done the first section a million times, I'd be able to wipe out 
like this one specific group of enemies, but then um get stuck. So yeah, um so the idea is like you're this like super soldier who's been dropped up on this like time travel juice. So you have this like precognition, so you can see um so I guess it's like seeing into so I think an example was uh you talk to this like ec- like this veteran who wasn't a part of this like super soldier project, mm-hmm. and uh, he talks about how the- all these people were able to win games of cards because they knew exactly what you're gonna play because they played it a million times in their heads. So every time they would uh, lose, they would reset time and go again. <laughs> um, uh, okay, but yeah, you're you're like this assassin guy, um, and it's quite it's quite funny. It's like got quite humorous moments as well. But yeah, it's definitely. I think probably the best game I've played so far in 2019. It's going to be pretty hard to beat that unless, I don't know, I get my hands on Borderlands 3 somehow. It uh, looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great game. What, what, uh, is what, the, what is the Zero? This, this guy looks like he has a katana. So, yeah. Um, katana 1. Uh... You know what? For for the sake of not spoiling anything, I'm just gonna say because it's a name. Okay. <laughs> maybe there's a point to the zero. Maybe not. We'll maybe. see. Maybe, you just maybe. have to play it to find out. Oh, and also the music's great. It's got a good. It voice. looks like a game that would have good music. Yeah. Because um, uh, I guess like how they kind of like do the time travel ability is your guys listening to music, mm-hmm. but whenever you get like killed and reset, the music rewinds with you. Hmm. But yeah, I feel like uh, there was a Nick Cage movie with a similar concept. There was, yeah. I try. I I've been thinking if there has been. I know there's like Super Hot, which is time moves when you do. Yeah, maybe yeah. Super Meat Boy. Um. No, I think there was definitely a. a um. Maybe maybe it was maybe it's Katana minus one. And a Nick Cage movie. Uh, <laughs> Long Sword One. I just don't remember the name of it. Mm. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what games have you been doing lately? Doing? Playing. Doing. I've doing. been doing... I did some uh, some Xenoblade Chronicles. I got oh, yeah. kind of confused because I was like, oh, the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is the Switch game, so clearly the Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii U must be Xenoblade Chronicles 1. But it turns out Chronicles 1 was on the Wii and 2 is on the Switch and the Wii U got Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is maybe like a side story. I am not sure I even like this series, but but I, but I have all three of those games now and I'm probably going to play them at some point. So yeah. uh, I guess stay tuned. <laughs> I did enjoy the character creator on... Uh, Yes, I think I remember seeing screenshots from the game. Chronicles X, yeah, I was, I was tweeting about it, but... Um, yeah, character creation is always um, fun. Yeah, um, I, I do quite... I, I agree with you, chat. I do quite like it in... Um, I like making Minecraft skins, that's always a... That's always a fun old time. Making... Because um, that's a bit more... 
Because you, yeah. you do have to use third-party software, but you, yeah, that's quite nice because it's like... Um, well, that one you have a lot of control of because it's yeah. it's literally just like you're making custom... And all like skin. layering features and everything, so you can do... I've seen some like crazy skin. Like there's an, like an upside-down skin, which is pretty cool. But... um, Yeah, I... As I think I might have mentioned, or people might know, Final Fantasy VIII is my is one of my favorite games. Um, yeah, it's definitely my favorite Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main character in that has a big scar across his face, <laughs> and like his his uh, best friend sort of character that joins the party pretty quickly mm-hmm. as this. Uh, crazy like uh, Mike Tyson style face tattoo. <laughs> um, so uh, you have Mike Tyson and David Bowie team up. So in the character creation for this um, Xenoblade game, I was looking at all the options and I realized there was like a scar that looks just like Squall from Final Fantasy VIII. And a face tattoo that looks pretty similar to Zell from Final Fantasy VIII. So I was like, I'll just put them both on there. Just cover all the bases. <laughs> cover all the bases. Um, and then I also made my person green. because I guess because I always play an orc in Elder Scrolls. Like Morrowind or Skyrim or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah, Skyrim 6 has been announced, hasn't it? No, sorry, it's Elder Scrolls. Sky- six. Skyrim 6. Sky- yeah. Six Skyrims. <laughs> Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's been announced in the sense that they showed us, like, a picture of a mountain. They showed us a punning shot of a hill. (laughs) Yeah, the words Elder Scrolls 6. With Skyrim music for some reason. Sorry, I just hit mm -hmm. it. Well, I think it was just general Elder Scrolls music. I mean, Morrowind had pretty similar music as well. Oh yeah, fair enough. That's the one I've probably played the most, but... Because I'm a grumpy old man. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I played I it back know. when it was back when it was good. I think before, I think, uh, I think they we sold went, out. It, it, you're like a, you're like you're like Fallout people who are like, oh man, Fallout New Vegas. Uh, no, you're like um, what's it called Fallout seventy six was garbage. Like actually, Fallout four was garbage. Was Fallout three was bad. I was like, oh, Fallout. You know what? Fallout two. I think we should. Uh, and then people are like, nah, I like playing. I do. I do know someone who is like super into fallout um and then recently had a complete turnaround because 76 and it's like they've backpedaled to where like oh the whole series is garbage and i'm like i just like sometimes i just like things and i just stick stick with it you know Mm. i feel like your opinion should not sway in the wind based on like the internet's general consensus yeah yeah i think um (laughs) I mean, there's people always also like uh, New Vegas as well. But that's also quite, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think I the know. main thing is, for me, is that um, Morrowind had a bit more, a bit more like stats and like things like, more like, like uh, nuance and stuff. Like, th- like uh, medium armor. Like there's yeah. light armor and heavy armor, but there was also medium armor. Yeah. But with uh, Oblivion, they started to like simplify stuff and remove a bunch of the the like nitty gritty details. 
I see. Um, and then, but it didn't really take off. And then Skyrim, it's like they did it even more so. And they added stuff like, uh, like scaling is really heavy in Skyrim, where if you just waltz into um, a side quest, it'll scale the difficulty of the enemies based on your current level. Oh, yeah. Whereas in Morrowind, if you just walked into some really like powerful dungeon, mm. you would just get wrecked. Yeah. And be like, oh, I shouldn't go there. I should go train, do other missions, and then come back here. Oh, yeah. that's I've heard, I did that with Borderlands bit and um, the Minecraft RPG I play occasionally, um, Windcraft. <laughs> But like Skyrim, I guess like they didn't want to scare off people with like as um challenge. I don't know. I think a, actually a great example of like leveling with the player is I think Resident Evil Four. There's a Game Maker's Toolkit video on it. Um, I think you probably should watch. Because, um, but what would happen is like if you get killed in an area too many times, um, they will remove like one hardcore enemy. <laughs> event like like there'll be subtle changes that will make it slightly easier mm-hmm. but depending on how many times you'll lose it will um they'll just keep tweaking it but then as soon as you like beat it the next area will then go back to the i think it'll still say say quite easy but then if you beat that the next area quite quickly then they'll make the next area slightly tough event so it, like fluctuates to like how many times you die or um, yeah so that, that that's that's quite a good the, way of doing it, but not just like the player's level. I find that sometimes quite weird. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's an interesting way to to make sure people don't get stuck in your games. Yeah, and stuff. I always have mixed feelings about that because I really like um, challenging games. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. if I get stuck on some level, I want to get better at the game. To the point where I can beat it, you know. Yeah. I don't want I don't want the level to make itself easier for me. Yeah. Um. That I feel like that's a little bit like when you're playing a game against someone and you're losing, and then yeah. they like they go easy on you so that you can win. It's like no, I don't want that. I want to be better so I can beat you. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like when I was playing Katana Zero, I would learn. I would get like these reflexes and uh like I, yeah like over time i'd have these just natural reactions to do stuff so like over time uh if there was something that was challenging i was able to do it easily during just like rinse and repeat sections so, so there was like a there's an enemy that has a shield so whenever i see those always run up to them and slide under them then stab them in the back because that's just yeah an inbuilt reaction yeah like your um, muscle memory just builds up over time yeah. and you get better and better so um, after I've played, I think I've played two run throughs of the game, and that's, <laughs> uh, that, it, yeah, everything's now apart from, like the, I think the first like quarter of the game is now just muscle memory to me, mm-hmm. of doing everything of like grabbing this item to throw at this person and getting here to go there, and so on. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, I think uh. I think that sort of thing in in game design is always interesting, and you should definitely put that um, Resident Evil uh, video you mentioned in the show notes when this episode gets formally released. 
Yeah, but, um, but uh, and yeah, I think the original Spyro trilogy w- w- actually may have uh, pioneered this concept a bit because mm. I know like some of the um, the challenges and the I think the boss fights would do this where it's like if you lost too many times they would they would adjust themselves to be easier and stuff so you wouldn't get yeah. stuck but I like personally just because of the way I play games and I like, almost to the point of like torturing myself um, like our, our only play Tarara on uh, hardcore mode and just delete my character every time right like I, I think just because I pl- play games in that sort of way it doesn't really appeal to me but i do find the um the concept of it interesting and like the the way in which it um games are programmed yeah but, um, um i guess um other games i've played recently since we've rec- since recording the last episode um mm. uh the i finally got a chance to play the new Spider-Man game, the PS4 game. Mm. Uh, speaking of uh, the original Spyros, uh, the that Spider-Man game is also made by Insomniac. Uh, yeah, uh, same as same. Uh, yeah, same as uh, what's the other one? Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Which, uh... Yeah, yeah, they made like Spyro trilogy, and then they made the Ratchet and, and Clank uh, games, and then. They've done, I guess, some other stuff, but most recently, I think they've made uh, that new Spider-Man game. It's it's pretty fun. I have to say, like, I always appreciate when a video game that's based on an existing property actually like puts effort into the story and like, oh yeah, into making yeah. itself a real game. Yeah, the Spider-Man. Yeah, that that it's. Yeah, it's a good game, mind you. Yeah, like I think Spider-Man games have always been pretty, pretty decent about that. Yeah, well, um, a lot of video games that are based on like a movie or based on some other kind of property, or in the same way, like movies that are based on video games or just existing properties, like sometimes they get real lazy and come yeah. out as if like real just garbage. Like we know you're gonna go watch this because. It's, uh, it's got Sonic the Hedgehog in it or something, you know, or, or like, we know you're going to play this game because you're eight years old and it's, uh, based on the most recent Disney movie, like, but it's not not actually, uh, it's a, a real game. It's just like a little collecting platformer with not much to it, not much substance. Yeah. Um, I, I. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like the Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man games have always been good about not falling into that trap and like actually really yeah. maintaining interesting. And part of it is probably the advantage that um, I think Spider-Man and Batman both have is that they have really interesting villains. Yeah, they're also quite like good, like gameable characters. 
yeah like the web there's so much you can do with like and also web like, shooting or uh or in batman's case like gadgets i think yeah it it works it translates well into like mechanics Should i would like to see more um more superhero games though like a daredevil game would be cool mm. something like that yeah Gosh, I imagine it's like imagine like it's just a black screen but then like there'd be like yellow like flash marks where like you could hit someone you just have to play it by by the audio yeah uh yeah if someone did make a daredevil game you know there would be people on youtube that yeah that were like doing blindfolded let's plays yeah, of it like surround sound speak because it would work well as a vr game actually yeah um but I see. I remember one thing a couple of companies were doing when, um, when um, the new spot, like yeah, the Spider-Man game came out. Mm-hmm. Um, they were getting like all the old Spider-Man, like the what was the one game that everyone hated before this one? Anyway, it was that one. But um, to trick dumb no parents, guy. they they slap they slapped a slightly bigger. Uh, it's like they, yeah, they slapped a slightly bigger price tag on it, <laughs> um, and sold it to like like dumb parents or grandparents, thinking that they were getting the new Spider-Man game for their kids, which is kind of scummy. <laughs> like like a, the most recent Spider-Man game before this this Spider-Man game, so it still said Spider-Man on it. Yeah, uh, so that's and then that's, they would, uh, yeah. Shady. Yeah. And I do, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it gets as, it, it does lose some good boy points for being an exclusive title because exclusives are poopy poo. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there are mechanics, I get, like, there's mechanics that would only work on a PS4 controller, but, like, at least, like, PC. <laughs> no, I mean, I that's that's on Sony and that's part of their strategy and yeah I know Sony always tries to go after um, good exclusives and I think tends to get them more yeah more often than well since um, uh, the PS4 has become quite popular than Microsoft but uh, yeah no but yeah, no. those console companies haven't been doing some but I don't I try not to let that sort yeah. of thing um i mean affects this... my opinion of the game yeah, yeah, yeah. The, i think the game is really well made and abstract makes me dislike the company a bit more uh, i actually really appreciate how um that game will flow straight from uh well the intro cut... sequence well the intro sequence but also like any cutscenes. yeah yeah they, they um, do that quite well like cutscenes and gameplay are just um, seamless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, games that can do that are very good to sell, like cutting to black and then slowly fading in. Uh, a big criminal of this was the, the Destiny games. I think mainly Destiny 2, which was <laughs> like you'd be playing and then you'd come to a part and then it would just flash the enemies, lo- like the enemy teams, like. Uh, faction flag up <laughs> and then like tell you about 
uh, exposition and boring story. So, so, you know, that's that's a game that definitely does not do cutscene transition well. Of just here, we're doing this part now. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um. I I guess the only other stuff I played recently were um, I finally got my brothers to play some uh, multiplayer Switch stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, some some Bomberman, some Mario Kart. Some oh yeah, I, uh, Mario I Party. noticed that a lot while I was uh, once I was on the Switch, I would hit get like a little uh, notification that uh, yeah Star Hero was playing, uh, playing some. Super Some Bomberman game. or Rocket League games. or so on and so forth, etc., etc. Hmm. Hmm. I do appreciate that you can play um, the Switch Mario Kart on a GameCube controller. Of course, yeah, because they have the you can do that. With the fancy yeah, ones. because it um it registers a like GameCube controller like even. An original, you know, packaged with the GameCube GameCube controller. You plug it in, and it just registers as a wired Pro controller. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it's excellent to play play some Mario Kart on that. So, have you, uh, what have you caved in and got Mario Kart on the Switch? Um, no, I was borrowing. Uh, ah, I see. Okay, brother's girlfriend's copy of it, but yeah. No, it's still one thing. I don't have any money. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. But for two, like, uh, it still doesn't feel quite worth it to me when I have the Wii U version yeah. with all the DLC. Like, like I, I would enjoy it, but I can enjoy it on the Wii U just as much. Mm. Um, but yeah, Switch is. Um, I think particularly great for multiplayer. It's very easy to like just use the Joy Cons and um, yeah, play play a bit of. Oh, Rocket League was the other the other game we were playing the other yeah, day. Yeah, but, yeah. But, I remember seeing that pop up a bit. Um, I definitely don't regret my choice because I was on the fence of like, do I want the Steam version or do I want the Switch version? Oh, I see. Um, yeah, fair enough. And it's now what being removed from Steam. Um, of course, here it is cause it's going on other places. Because it was, or at least it's rumored to be removed from Steam because it was bought by um, Epic. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm happy with my choice to get the Switch version because I realized if I want to play with people in person who don't have a copy of the game. Yeah. It's like the switch is, is great for just put it on the TV and do split screen versus, uh, you know, having it on steam and like trying to get other people to have working computers and copies of the game to play with you. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, so have you 
any other game talk or uh... um any no. uh Please any final know. questions perhaps yeah <laughs> if there's any if there's any other questions you want to pop in before we end it off I think there was one. Was there one up there? Um, you should get a Switch when Pokemon comes out. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still waiting on the Animal Crossing that was supposed to come out this spring, <laughs> I think. It's a bit late. Uh, what's a, oh, it's a random question that was dropped a bit ago. And it's, uh, do you have a driver's license? Me? And I guess it was a question to the board, so both of us. Oh. Uh, not, no, not currently. Yeah, me neither. Um, yes, I know to someone the board. Who does have a, <laughs> I know someone who has a driver's license because they got it just to get it, but they haven't actually driven at all in like, like three years <laughs> since mm-hmm. getting a car uh since getting a driver's license so yeah i really should get mine it's just uh you know then you have to have a car and you have to pay car insurance and like and you, petrol money or gas money yeah gas um, be a real proper adult and yeah. it's, the the longer i can uh hang out in the town I'm in, which has like uh, amazing uh, public transportation compared to like 99% of the US. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, then yeah. the, the, the longer I can go without having to pay all that crazy uh, expensive uh, extra expenses. Yeah. But um... It is something I should probably do Look soon. Into. Yeah. Um, um, what multiplayer games do do we play? Uh, well, uh, obviously, I uh, play a lot of Overwatch. Uh, I don't. It's, it's if you mean like competitive multiplayer, I don't. I feel like I don't play too many. Um, I, guess but I am. Just... I'm just a big fan of like party games, like. Mario Party or um, Smash Bros, but like uh, I tend to play Smash Bros a lot more casually. People get too into it, I think, and turn all the items off and play Final Destination every match. And I think unless you're actually the sort of person to go compete in a tournament, then you're probably like trying too hard and you should you should relax and turn items back on yeah so um um, what's not that that isn't uh fun from time to time to like really take it seriously but yeah um, i think i always have have fun with with games like that i don't uh same with like mario kart it's like i will get very competitive and i will like uh try and you know, destroy you, but I'm not the sort of person who's like uh, memorizing every every uh, turn and getting really into like the the meta. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but no, what's up? Trying for casual online game I play. Um, probably like mobile games because they're technically multiplayer by a smidgen. Um, but not really though. Yeah, I guess the the closest to a <laughs> to a to like a non-competitive multiplayer game I play or played was Clash of Clans. Which I oh, did. We talk about that was yeah. We did talk about there being a professional league for that with like a million dollar trophy or something ridiculous like that, uh, cash prize. So um, hmm. um, Shu uh, asks if you are on a train, would you rather face the direction the train is headed or the opposite? I quite like the opposite because you get to because if you're looking forward if something interesting passes you're like oh, oh that's gone but if you're looking opposite you, you can look at it longer mm. I, I would um, that's good because then if we're ever on a train we can like, face each other but I would definitely <laughs> want to go the same way that the train is heading yeah I um, get this also like a motion sickness thing as well um, only people who have to sit Going the direction well, the train's going, so they don't die of the death. I don't know about that. I mean, I do get motion sick, especially if I try and read on a in a car or something. But, um, but I just think about this on like on buses a lot as well. Where oh yeah, I'm always um in the back of my head thinking about like, oh, what if this bus crashed into the side of that? building or got hit got like uh hit by a car in the intersection and in most cases you're gonna fly forward because the the vehicle is moving forward right and i'd rather be able to see what i'm about to crash into and react to it than uh you know not be able to see where i'm going and just be like hurling backwards into into things I mean, trains are pretty safe. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of an irrational thing, but I think that's just why I would, if you're going to ask me which way I would rather face, it's like I'd rather face the direction the vehicle's moving because right. if the vehicle stops suddenly, um, you're going to go, f- going to continue going in that because of inertia, and yeah. it's like I'd, I'd like to see where I'm going rather than just like, you know go f- backwards off a cliff. <laughs> Fair enough. Any other questions before we uh, stop for whatever time it is for you? Yeah. <laughs> I th- I th- think I'm, I'm noticing that it's much harder for us to stop up when, the, when there's an audience than we would normally. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, uh, this has been fun and hopefully, um, it comes out okay. And, um, ideally later today, it should be out on the normal, on the normal feeds, um, with with the MBBC tacked on to the end of it. So if you're listening to this on your podcast player or on YouTube, no. 
uh, you, that'll be coming up shortly. Uh, wait, should we? <laughs> well, will we? Um. Oh, as of course, we have some technical so, difficulties uh, right at the end. Yeah. So it's a, just a quick sneaky question before we go. What is your favorite color? Uh, green. Uh, and orange. Probably if I had to pick a shade, like a dark green, like the uh, the wood around the, the frame. Um. Anyway, that's the show, and BBC will be after this. Chapter 16. So, where the last chapter left off, um, they found Magrathea. Yep. Uh, Arthur wakes up to arguing. Yeah, well, okay. It's at least what Zephod claims is Magrathea. Ford is skeptical. There's this lovely moment where Ford, like, doesn't believe that it's Magrathea, so he checks with the computer, and then the computer tells yep. tells him it is, and he's just like, oh, you can't trust computers. What does a computer know? <laughs> It's like, you see that a lot when people are arguing, they're like, they're like, no, you're clearly wrong, and they look it up, and they're like, well, I mean, Wikipedia is, you know, you can't really trust it. It's like, yeah, yeah. this, I'm going to prove you wrong with this authority, and then it's like, if the authority doesn't agree with me, it's like, n- meaningless. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. And then Arthur's like, staring at this planet that is apparently this legendary planet he's never heard of and he's like i feel like i've missed something important <laughs> and then he's yeah. he realizes oh I, i've i haven't had my morning tea that's what it is yeah it's like yeah, yeah that was the important thing tea and then he uh they're all talking he's like oh is there any tea on the ship <laughs> yeah it's like they're, tra- they're landing on, they're, they're coming into orbit of this, just like this iconic planet. Mm. And then, yeah. uh, have you got your book on you? Yes, I do. Do you remember uh, the end of that chapter? It's like, it's kind of weird. It, it goes into like spoiler territory for itself. <laughs> I do like, quite like how it, it yeah. The plan question is in fact the legendary Magthria. Magrathia. The deadly missile attack shortly to be launched by an ancient automatic defense system result merely in the breakage of three coffee cups, a mouse cage, the bruising of somebody's upper arm, and the <laughs> untimely creation and sudden demise of a bowl of petunias and an innocent sperm whale. It's like, well, it's like what? What? what is, where does this come from? Yeah. And it, uh, it doesn't seem to say that it says we're not going to tell you who bruises their arm, not even in the next chapter. Right, that's the that's the uh, suspense part. Yeah, they're they're building suspense, but like the whole point was, um, you know, stress is a is a is a common problem. They're trying to relieve stress by telling you what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, but the they gotta keep that overbearing suspense. Yeah, just to add add a little flavor. They're not going to tell you who bruises their arm, and that's basically where the chapter ends.
Yeah. Chapter 17. So, Arthur gets his tea. Well, kind of. Yeah. This, I think this is my favourite sentence I have ever read. It's again like the way that, like, earlier chapters how it says, it floated the way bricks don't, and it gives you, like, a perfect image of what it was happening, even though it is really vague. This one... He is provided with a plastic cup filled with a liquid that was almost, but not quite, entirely unlike tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turns out the serious cybernetics corporation is uh, rubbish at making tea. Yeah. It also mentions that they have a, a huge complaint department that's like the size of a planet or something. Or three planets. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's no surprise to me that... Um, they mentioned that, like, in the future they get overrun by their own robots or whatever. Yeah, at least he found the liquid reviving, like a cup of tea. Yes. I take that as just Arthur's not very picky about his tea. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Like, so. it's nothing like tea, but maybe he's just... I don't know. It's better than anything he has had so far. I mean, from his morning routine, we have found out that he's not exactly phased by a bulldozer being in his front garden. Yeah. As he's getting ready. So. Yes. It's just the sort of person he is. So they head down towards the planet. Yep, and like an announcement starts playing, and Zaffold is like, no, I don't worry, it's just a pre-recorded thing they play, they've been playing for the past 500 million years or so, just yeah. to keep people away. I think it's at first it's Arthur being somewhat suspicious, then it's Ford, Ford also being quite cynical, because he has been throughout the, throughout the past couple chapters about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The threats seem to get a bit more specific and <laughs> yeah it's like it might be automated messages but it's clearly linked to an automated defense system yeah. <laughs> so then they realize it does work and they're being chased by a nuclear weapon and well yeah so they put it into the ship into manual control but they're all like no uh, everyone but arthur like it said so ford's like so can you uh fly the fly the ship then Zaffod replies no, Trillian says no. Yeah, but then it's quite funny, it goes like, fine, said Zaffod. And then, and then Arthur's like, I can't fly the ship either. <laughs> it's like, he felt like it was about time he began to assert himself. <laughs> it's quite quite funny, because it's just like, yeah, this whole time he's kind of just walked onto the bridge and all this has happened while he's been having tea. <laughs> but yeah. So, oh yeah, so they activate, like, the ship's control panels, but they're all still in, like, polystyrene packing with cellophane balls all around them. Yeah. So then they all start... Oh yeah, so Ford leapt to the controls. Only a few of them made any immediate sense to him, so he pulled those. Feels like the... (laughs) Funnily enough, like, a very human response of, like, oh, I know what that is, so I'm just gonna put it to full. I know how to turn left, so I'm just gonna go in circles. (laughs) Get it. Like, it's at least something. But they seem to keep... it's Yeah, they seem to keep turning it around and going straight for the missile. Yeah. Missiles. And then eventually it gets to the point where it's like, uh, they're going to get hit. And Arthur is like, can we just use the improbability drive? And then they're like, what What? What? what are you talking about? Because they can't really... Yeah, and then it's like... And then the, sh- the chapter ends and they, they die again. Or, or do they? But then for... <laughs> I do quite like how, like, they're trying to say their final words. They can't hear each other because Eddie's singing loudly and there's a lot of noise going on because they're all being flung around the cockpit. Oh, God, yeah, the computer. So Zoff is, like, trying to tell them to activate it, but they can't hear They can't hear him. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing that happened 
was a mind-mangling explosion of noise and light. And that's... That is where the chapter ends, but I will... I would like to go back. Um, there's, oh, yeah, sure. there's a bit on page 85 where it's like they realize the missiles are coming towards them and Zephod's like but don't don't you see what this means and Arthur's yes we're going to die yes but apart from that (laughs) it's like yeah it it means we must be on to something I just I love like the style of writing but it's like how soon can we get off it like physically onto something yeah like making I don't know if that's a pun but like making just bad jokes in in the face of death yeah yeah which which seems to be a recurring theme with aliens and humor of like making jokes at poor times yeah well i think that's arthur making that one but yeah yeah well yeah i think that's just part of uh you know it being a comedy as well as sci-fi yeah yeah but anyway i guess we'll see how they survive in the next chapter well they don't and it's several chapters describing their deaths yeah maybe that's the end the rest of the chapters are just blank it was all a trick chapter 18 so he manages to activate the drive yeah like you seem to be hit with quite a heavy sentence at the end and then it just and the next thing that happened after that was that the heart of gold continued on its way perfect perfectly normally with a redesigned interior yeah, it starts describing the interior. It's like, do we care about this right now? Weren't they about to yeah. die? So they're like, what, wait, hang on, what, what's happened? What? Spiral staircase leading to nowhere. Yeah, they're just really confused, like, where where are we? And uh, Eddie's um, talking about the, the improbability factor of whatever just happened is being 8,786,128 against one, or to one against right um and it seems like the most significant thing that happened is that the two missiles that were flying towards them have transformed uh Mm. one into a bowl of petunias and the other into a sperm whale yeah zaffold's like did you think of this earth man (laughs) yeah arthur's just been like all i did was and it's like very quick thinking (laughs) well done yeah, Zephod's like, you've saved our lives, or whatever. And uh, Arthur, like, trying to be humble, is like, oh, it was nothing. And then Zephod's like, oh, was it? Okay, then forget it. Never mind. And it's like, but, no, no, forget it. No, you said it was nothing, so let's not talk about it anymore. And I don't know, I don't know if this is um, Zephod being, like, alien and misunderstanding his humbleness. or yeah, if I it's, think so. Or if it's or just... him being snarky. Yeah, or just him being, like, a big, like, egomaniac. Yeah, like, oh, you fixed the switch, look at you. Yeah, wanting to, like, downplay (laughs) Arthur's achievements. Yeah. I think it's a bit of both. As we know about Zaffold, how he is, he's either an Like, they're playing into, like, the thing mentioned, he's either being an idiot on purpose, being an idiot idiot, being an idiot on purpose, but... Right. Actually just... Like, maybe he's pretending to misunderstand Arthur's humbleness yeah. so that he can downplay his achievement. Like, it's probably yeah. both. Yeah. yeah. Or he's just... Yeah. Then it just goes into a few paragraphs this guy describing the... <laughs> the, um... The thoughts of the sperm whale. The thoughts of the sperm whale for the few seconds it lived. <laughs> um, 
Like it's, really it's asking all the these questions then. and it like it slowly works out what's happening. And it's like, um, but then it, it kind of just ends because it's like naming things as it as it goes through its amazing adventure through this alien planet. And uh, it just ends with, oh, there's this thing, big thing coming towards me uh, very, very fast. Hmm. It's so big and flat and round. It needs a needs a needs a big, wide-sounding name like ow, ow, uh, ground. And the rest after a, and the rest after a sudden thud was silence. Yeah, which is uh, it's like I wonder if ground will be my friend. <laughs> silence. The, uh... But it does turn out. Oh, oh, I guess we'll have to find out what turned out. Um. Hmm. It does. It does mention the uh, the bowl of Petunia's thoughts as well, which is oh no, not again. <laughs> so, uh, and then it's many people have speculated that if we knew exactly why the bowl of Petunia's had thought that, we could know a lot more about the nature of the universe than we do now. <laughs> yeah. So I think, as I've mentioned before, I'm reading this on uh, uh, ebook. Format right. Yeah. Because that just felt like thematically appropriate. For the Hitchhiker's Guide, yeah, fair enough. Um, but one of the interesting things about about reading it on a Kindle is that yeah. it gives you the option to um, highlight passages that mm. you can like look back at later. But right. if you have it turned on, you can see what other people have highlighted. If there's like more than like if a bunch of people highlight the same section, it'll right. it'll tell you. <laughs> um, and apparently, the entire uh, Petunia paragraph there has been highlighted a bunch of times by people i think <laughs> I people that was... really want to know the thoughts of a petunia bowl <laughs> oh no not again i wonder if there's any like theories revolved around around that maybe it's a time traveling uh petunia yeah maybe it's um maybe it's something to do with like reincarnation or something yeah this bowl of petunia has lived many many lives or it's something like, oh, maybe, maybe, like, the whale died and then instantly it was went into the <laughs> petunias. In the whale's consciousness. Yeah, it was uploaded to the petunias, like, oh, I've been here before, oh dear. Or maybe this just wind the... is about now. And this head of mine, and, um... I don't have a tail this time. No. Chapter 19. Oh, right, the robot goes on to say, what, like... The kind of monologue to no one about how he's like, oh, I'm so smart. What's what's like the point if you are a manically depressed robot? And it's like, oh, my brain's 50,000 times more intelligent than you. And even I don't know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Marvin just being Marvin. Yeah. But then the um, the computer gives him a bit of trouble. Oh yeah, he seems to change personalities. It's like and, uh, he won't open the door unless like someone apologizes for whatever snarky comment they made. And was it? I'm sorry. I think we might be better off with the slide rule. And the computer's like, "Who said that?" Yeah, yeah. Which is, um, I think, worthy of mention here of how much power their uh, their AI has over them. And that, like, if it chooses to, it can just not open the door for them. <laughs> yeah, if it if it's if it gets offended. Again, I think like I'm not surprised at all that um, this serious cybernetics corporation runs into problems later with their 
Yeah. Making depressed robots and like doors that get moody and stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just asking for the robot then, apocalypse. Yeah. And then Zach was like, all right, computer, if you, if you don't open that exit hatch at this moment, I shall zap straight off to your major data banks and reprogram you with a very large hacks. <laughs> yeah. Zap um, goes straight to like. I think it says it, it. He debates in his head, like trying to fight with the computer on on its level, and then he realizes, like, no, I just need to threaten it with physical violence because <laughs> it can't do that it's, back. It, it's the equivalent of running up to a human and screaming blood. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's um, Ford. If I read this right, Ford just starts counting. Oh, because it's because it, I guess because the computer runs on on math and numbers like binary and yeah. stuff oh yeah it's like a it's a thing he learned on earth because it's humans showing their dominance over, com- over computers by doing their own computing <laughs> yeah so he just starts he just starts counting numbers yeah like, but and yeah i think i i read that but yeah that is quite yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's a great way to intimidate a computer apparently and he's like, I-, I can see this relationship is something we're going to have to work on. And then he just opens it and lets him go in. And then uh, a few minutes later, he opening closed the, sa- the hatchway again in response to a command that caught him entirely by surprise. Which you can't tell, is that, I guess that's another spoilery thing. Yeah, the, um, they all leave and then they get a command. Um, the computer gets a command. Yeah, it doesn't really elaborate but i'm sure we'll find out eventually dun, dun, dun. chapter 20 chapter 20 so they land on this dullish brown and then there are, it's yeah this dullish gray dullish brown color planet and uh but it's arthur's first alien planet he's very excited yep. about it uh, yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, uh, yeah, it's like it's fantastic. It's like, ah, it's a desolate hole, if you ask me. It's like, no, don't don't you understand? It's the first alien planet I've uh, ever been on. But yeah, then it's like, nah, but it's a pity. It's such a <laughs> dump. Yeah, I think Zephod gets kind of sad about it because he's like, he was very excited about finding Magarthia, and he was expecting it to be like made of gold or something. But yeah. It's just the dump, um, yeah. but it turns out they went. They go to this crater, and it turns out the uh, this the whale. The crater uh, is actually, made by the um, sperm yeah whale. the whale hitting the ground. It's weird because in my head I am like when it was talking about a crater, I was like imagining like, this giant valley. Is like how much could have this? Uh... But yeah, I know it's weird. It's either the whale hit the ground really hard or it was like a dent in the floor i mean yeah the whale probably hit terminal velocity i don't know yeah in any case it's a very large animal so yeah well they were in the upper atmosphere oh yeah because it said is it this chapter where it says arthur just walks around it for a bit because he gets bored he does (laughs) so he must be quite big if you can make a small walk of it yeah 
Yeah, but, I mean, um, whales are notoriously big animals, so... Yeah, definitely. Sperm whales. But, um, I would imagine one hitting the ground and exploding makes a decent-sized crater. Yeah, so... <laughs> they go into this hole, and uh, Zaford is like, Hey, Earthman, Arthur, um, <laughs> could you uh, like keep guard with the robot? And then, um, it's quite funny, uh, Arthur's like, a guard? But I thought you said it was safe here. I was like, well, you know, just for safety. Um, and then he replies, who's, yours or mine? Good lad. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, basically so, ditches him. Yeah. I guess Arthur would be quite useless in this situation, and uh, no one likes Marvin. But Marvin just goes to sleep because he gets bored. So they go through. At one point, it, going... it does mention that Trillian sees something out of the corner of her eye. But then, yeah, yeah, and then she looks back, and it's just, um, oh, Trillian was reminded unavoidably of the London Underground, which, um, oof. Just, uh, it must be, yeah, it must be quite. It does do a quite a good job at like reminding you that these two people, these two like Earthlings, have lost everything they've ever known so uh even like the slightest reminder is quite sickening i guess um yeah well also i think it's implying that the london underground is not the cleanest uh, yeah which i don't imagine any subway really is no but yeah so i, I guess it's it, yeah i guess it's both a jab at the london underground and also like i guess it's the yeah, reminder of home yeah and they're but, like, they they have the role of like being relatable because that's yeah, like that's an be... analogy that like the readers can understand because they're yeah and they're keeping us from earth guess, as well keeping they're keeping the story quite grounded i guess throughout this whole thing yeah like it's it like, might oh, re- remind ford man. Of, it might remind ford of something from like the vicinity of beetlejuice uh, yeah <laughs> but that doesn't mean much to us yeah but like Yeah, like telling us about the London Underground and the intervals along the walls with tiles with large mosaics. It is, yeah, quite like the uh, London Underground, which isn't the, let's just say, mm-hmm. 1960s to 70s architects weren't the best. Mm. Um, but yeah. But I like the, that um, Marvin is. Uh... Marvin starts humming whenever he's gets annoyed with humans being too humany. I think at one point Zephyr just hits him, so he stops. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at the end of this chapter, it's interesting. There's a very detailed explanation of like um, Zephyr's brain or brains. Oh yeah, and he seems to have good ideas but only when they seem to suit an exterior motive oh. yeah and he does all these these tests and he finally finds the thing he's looking for um and he <laughs> sees a green that, filter yeah he sees that like a bunch of neurons have been cut off yeah but it's marked with his own initials yeah and its initials are said 
Seyfeld beat Warbrox. I mean, he's assuming, I suppose. Yeah, I guess they're assuming. He could be. Not sure why someone. Zim Zam Floppy Boop. Like that, anyways. But. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, so that's interesting. I wonder if we'll. Uh, assume we'll hear about that later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the next chapter. Chapter 21. So, uh, 21. I did. Uh, it's one of those uh, nicer chapters where it's one of those shorter ones, but it's filled with jokes. But she, what's interesting is sometimes the shorter chapters base their jokes off the longer chapter before, but this one seems to be to make its own stuff as it goes along. Yeah, yeah. I know so, you, you, um, you said, like, yeah, it's just like a short, funny chapter. Yeah. And, yeah, it's not really, like, related to any of the other stuff going on because it's... Arthur sitting, waiting, um, and reading the Hitchhiker's Guide to keep yeah. himself entertained. <laughs> At yeah. least that's how and, it starts. Uh, he like hits random buttons and he reads a he reads a weird um, like insert about Viet Vujagid Vujagig, um, and it yeah it's like as he reads it he seems to think that this must have been in, like this mu- some of these must have been ideas that sounded like a good idea at the time to the editors. Yeah, um. I like that. I like the line that says, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a very unevenly edited book. It's like, yeah, some of the passages, like Earth, is just like harmless, mostly harmless, yeah. or whatever. But then it goes off on tangents about like Vogon poetry or, uh, you know, yeah. whatever, like in depth. But um, this one's quite funny because it just, it's about this man who was, who had a. A promising future. He goes out drinking with Zaphod, and uh, mm-hmm. he becomes obs- obsessed with the idea of what happens to all of the lost Byros. And uh, then he comes to the conclusion: there's a Byro planet with Byro-based organisms. What is that word you're saying? Byro. What is a Byro? Like a pen. Are you trying to say ballpoint? Yeah. Uh, put a picture. It's like a yeah Byro. You know, like a ballpoint pen. It's like it's. It's like you know, like the name. clear plastic. No, it's um. I think it's actually it's. I'm trying to think, I think it's based in French. I'm not sure, but it's like um. You know, like how the you find you have like hundreds of those long seat like um transparent pens with the black or blue like plasticky bit in the end and the ballpoint. No, like I know what a what a ballpoint pen is. Like it's just like a cheap pen, but yeah, the the, the term biro. How do you even spell it? Yeah, it's... But, yeah, it's a... It's, O-B-I-R-O. Yeah, Byro. Are you confused? It looks, it looks more like seeing it written out makes more sense to my brain, but hearing someone say it... Yeah. No, I think we do have like... those in America. It's just, like, never heard someone refer to it. I've always heard just pen or ballpoint pen or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've always heard it as a pen, but, like, yeah, I guess... Byro's already on, like, equipment lists, or that's the thing they say in school, uh, like, stores, shops. Um, but yeah, um... Yeah, that might be a slight British... Britishism? Britishism, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, Adams was, um, British, I think, yeah. Gee, he helped to... Um, anyway, um, which I guess explains quite, like, some of the more drier parts of this book. So... Yeah, so he was saying, so he came to the conclusion that, like, among humanoids, reptilioids, fishoids, walk, walking treeoids, 
and a planet inhabited by the a, a super intelligent shade of the color blue. <laughs> there would there was also a planet with a uh, yeah base in Byros, which is. <laughs> but then it also goes on to say about talks about Zaphod uh, Beeble Brox's highly profitable second-hand Byro business. <laughs> Did your yours actually say Byro in in the book? Yeah, my one says Byro. Uh, mine says Ballpoint everywhere, so we must have slightly different edited versions. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, right. Well, I... anyways, either way, same be... same meaning. Yeah, there's like a pen yeah. planet. I think um, it's a, a small language, I think. I think um, Byro is based in French pen or something like that. Pen in French is sti- Stilo, I think. Stilo. So... I just remember something was Byro. Or maybe it was... Anyhow... <laughs> Anyway. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I do think that's kind of funny that this guy's like, like, trust me, there's a planet of pens. I, I, I worked as a chauffeur for a nice pen family or whatever. And like, no one believes him. But he also started down this rabbit hole when he was drinking with Zephod. And then, uh, coincidentally, Zephod has this nice secondhand pen market business. <laughs> yeah. Like clearly, he's gone to that planet and scooped up all the pen families and sold them. <laughs> Yikes! Which gets into like some Toy Story levels of like, are the pens alive? Are they not alive? I don't know. Yeah, it's like what's 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 the what's the deal here? But that's I guess a fun part about these Hitchhiker's Guide entries that they they are what they are, and it's like you don't have to go too deep into them. It's like, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't have to fully make sense. Arthur read this, and then he just kind of just puts puts it down like, oh, I don't, oh dear. <laughs> so then, yeah, Arthur has like a little wander around the uh, crater, and then <laughs> uh, he sees a two sun, he sees a double sun sunset. Yeah, Arthur and Marvin have very different levels of excitement about that dual sunset, like. Yeah, so he wakes him up to tell Marvin, because he was like, you know what? manically depressed robot is better than no one and then uh he tries to make conversation to him about earth and uh he's like oh wow i saw this double sunset and it's like oh they're like oh yeah i hate those or yeah he's like i've seen it it's terrible yeah he's like night's falling look robot the stars are coming out how dreadful (laughs) he's like i know wretched isn't it (laughs) yeah i've seen it it's rubbish and then he go and then he asks him oh so um so uh, that that planet of yours, do you have um, do you have oceans? And he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, uh, lots great of oceans. And he's like, oh god, I can't bear oceans. Mm. And he's like, and he asks him, do you get on with other robots? He's like, no, hate them. And he's like, where are you going? And then just <laughs> Arthur walks away again. Yeah, it's just like anything Arthur tries to talk about with him to like cheer him up or find something he's interested in. Marvin's just like. Oh, uh, no, that's the worst. Hate it. Yeah, I guess it's... That's it is annoying thing. when you have those types of people in real life. Yeah. Like, oh, man, look, this really cool thing is like, oh, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. I tried really hard. can be hard to deal with. Yeah. Especially if it's like, I was excited about the dual sunset, you know? And it's yeah. like, no, it's the worst. You're wrong for being excited about it. <laughs> You're objectively wrong about your subjective experience. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh... Thanks for ruining it for me, Marvin. And then uh, there's this quite nice little bit where Marvin counts to 596,000 million before falling asleep a second later. Mm-hmm. That's um, quite the... Uh, Counting. Quite the processing power there. Yeah, so uh, Arthur slaps his arms 
like good like i think we're really getting the idea that this planet is freezing yeah and uh yeah he surface. just keeps walking around um and at the very end of the chapter he walks straight into an old man yeah that's where it ends i guess we shall see what becomes of this dun dun dun